0: This Agile Life, episode 95, direct from Agile 2015 in Washington, D.C.
1: That's a wiener! The software industry transforms more and more every day.
0: Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones.
1: The question is, are you Agile
0: enough? This podcast is devoted to Agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your Agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Agile Life, a podcast about what it's like to be Agile in the real world. We are coming to you direct from Agile 2015 and Agile in Washington, D.C., and we are excited because we have a bunch of winners here tonight. So is there a winner (laughs) at the table? Uh, I'm a winner. So who is this winner here? I'm Dan Parker with Worldwide Technology. And so, Dan, what did you just win? I was told I won a book by David Anderson called Swift Kanban. Swift Kanban, yes, by David Anderson. So, And is there another winner at the table? Up. Jason is. Tice. Who? Yes. What did Jason Tice win at the a Agile TV. conference? Jason Tice won a TV at the Agile conference this year about 15 minutes ago. And so, what is Jason Tice going to do with his TV? He's
1: going to give it to his advocate. Yes.
0: So today I want to share is um, obviously this is this Agile Life. My name is Jason Tice. We've got some guests here tonight: Dan Parker, um, Melanie Hopwood, and. Charles, oh boy, Elsner has just joined us in the conference hallway here uh, to talk about things. But it's been a great day for me here at the Agile Conference because, Melanie, I want to say thank you because... For those that have... um, And I want to say thank you. Well, so what what Melanie did today, she gave her first presentation ever at a conference. And at the company that Melanie Melanie and I work for, we have what we we call an advocate program. And so this is where...
1: Go advocacy. This
0: is where employees partner up and basically they support each other to improve. And so... Last year, Melanie came to me and she asked if I would be her advocate. And one of the things... It to... was first come, first served. Yes, it was first come, first served. So um, so she came early, I guess, because I had a few other requests. But I said, first person, what the heck? And I said, sure, Melanie, I'll do it. And she, she told me one of her goals was to go to an agile conference. And I said, well, let's... Let's have fun with that. Let's not just go to the Agile Conference, let's have you present at the Agile Conference. And so today you gave your presentation. I did. And so what did you talk about? I talked about
1: testing of a large legacy code base.
0: Yes. Yeah, and I s- talked about I don't know. And, and so since so you did a great job, because there's a few people poked fun at. Yes, I did win a TV tonight. Phil Brock gave me a TV. So, um, and to be honest, uh, do you need a TV?
1: Actually, yeah, I need to see. Okay, so fine. You have the TV.
0: So we're going to figure out how to get the TV to you. So um, uh, so we have two winners tonight from the giveaway. So, um, But anyways, what we're going to do tonight is we're talk. We're all winners. We're all winners, yes, because we're all learning things here at the conference. So, But we'll keep our format going. Let's just talk about some sessions, what we did today. Um, who knows? Random people might show up. And um, yeah, so who wants to get started here? Uh, I'd love to talk about Melanie's presentation. And, and so this is Dan Parker, introduced himself, and he's going to talk because you came to Melanie's session, right? I did. I okay, did. so tell us about uh, it.
2: Uh, well, I came first as support uh, for um, my fellow colleagues, but um, it, it was great to hear the focus on the automation piece of, of, of the testing and that that the investment was understood by the team and the client that we're going to commit to testing uh, through automation and, you know, if that means setting up multiple nodes to run multiple tests and and whatever that takes to to have that as, as part of the project. And something that was as cool as the uh, mobile field kit is and then for it being sort of government based but then to see the focus on automation testing, that's great to see because you think government, uh, you know, public sector, we're never going to, you know, automate, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you think of more of the the modern age developers doing that. But
0: uh... Well, I think we should do real quick, though. So, Melanie, can you give us, like, an elevator pitch on exactly, because Dan mentioned the name of the product. It's called the Mobile Field Kit. What does it do? Like, what do you use it for?
1: So the Mobile Field Kit is used in the... uh... Defeat of uh, weapons of mass destruction. So it's basically used by different government agencies such as the civil support teams, um, Secret Service, um, the nuclear disablement teams. So it's, most, it's all pretty much military.
0: Well, and for our listeners who may not know, tell us about the events it's used for. Because I, mean, okay, so I, I think our users would understand that.
1: Well, it's been used for a variety of events. So initially it was used for the Joint Explosive Ordnance Disposal. So there were a lot of IEDs. Um, in Iraq I guess that were left over so originally it was used for that but it's grown and now it's actually so the latest time it was used was in the uh, Special Olympics that were held in Los Angeles last week and so basically we had civil support teams from all over the United States that were there and ready to go out if needed in case uh, they found some um, weapons of mass destruction.
0: Awesome and again that's where I I think the, the thing I know we talked about is the I mean, again, it is mission critical software because they use it to basically detect like nuclear bombs, basically. I yeah, mean, so, so it's, it's a... yeah, it's
1: chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear. Yeah, yeah. so
0: it's um definitely you know mission critical software. So, um, so can you like? By the way, since Dan brought it up, can you like give us the three themes you talked about in your report?
1: Um, so it was a lot around automation, and not only just like automation of your stories as they're coming across the combine board, but it was also automation of things that are a little bit more difficult. Um, we, have a, we created a sensor simulator that allows um, us to create test data via XML that they parse, and then it displays in the MFK. And also even like um, automating one of our stress tests, and this automation test runs until
0: basically the MFK fails. Um, and you are so good because, you know, we didn't have time to talk about that in your session. It. So. Yeah, we didn't. We did. Because so, what you did is you te- you automated all of basically different elements of the test pyramid, unit testing, functional testing, and then even like stress testing, which was yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, you know, it's funny because the team saw us, us being our quality advocates, struggling to get the tests together just to execute for a stress test. And by automating it, you know, every time a piece of code is merged into our master it um executes that soft it executes that automated test and so that's really
0: nice. So automated testing was one theme. So right. what was the right the
1: other one was engagement. Engagement. Yes, yes I love it. I love it. <laughs> Not only engagement of the team but um engagement with our users. So basically we go out and we try to use the software just like our users would <laughs> um at least once a week and this actually is a, it actually kind of brings the team closer together as we're thinking about, you know, how is the user using the application and what should we test, you know, this week and um, we take the system out onto the street and um, look at it just like our users are looking at it.
2: Yeah, that was interesting to see the the pictures on the on the slides of the team actually pulling Pelican cases out and, and going to Forest Park and, you know, you know, truly, and I, and I, uh, what was, the, what was the bullet point? Well, simulation well, is key or simulation? Yeah, is... simulation
0: is key. And the key thing for our listeners, the man I know. So what this team does is they literally pack up the software. They literally go out and they simulate a real exercise. So like right. how the software is used to truly detect a weapon. And so they go to a public park in St. Louis, Missouri. They set up a network and they actually use the software as it's used in real life.
1: And we have been asked by curious, you know, curious pedestrians, <laughs> as well. Hey, what are you doing? And we've also been asked because the other thing that's kind of funny is the Asynchrony office is actually close to the federal courthouse, and so on occasion we will go out and we just happen to be by the federal courthouse, and we will have the police come out and say, "Hey, why do you got that backpack on you? And what are you doing?" And we kind of have to explain. You know, ourselves. I've always
0: wondered about that because I've always said, you know, if you guys go out like, like, like in um I think you're going to tell a story in a minute about how you've made this process more more sustainable. But, I mean, you go out to a park with all this stuff, like all this computer gear. I mean, I would think people might see this and be like, what is going on over there? Well,
1: definitely people are curious. Sure. Um, but and usually, actually, like when we have our community of interest meetings and we have everybody come in, they're in their, I forget what the word is, but they're in their casual attire. So they're not in their uniform. They will notify, like, the emergency management team at the fire department or whatever that says, hey, we're out today. We're testing. You're going to see some people walking around with some gear, and um, don't be nervous about it.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing that I thought was so fascinating, and I know a few people asked questions about this at your presentation, was something we talk about in Agile is really ensuring that a team has good focus. And again, what I thought was amazing about your paper and the presentation was Again, you take the team, you send them out to the park they use the software really as it's used in real life. I mean, I cannot think of a better example of how a team can have real focus about a mission critical system because they've lived it.
1: Yeah they have to get they have to get away from the computer and away from coding and hey, put on your customer hat and let's see how. It looks when you use it as a customer.
0: So we so we talked about test automation. We talked about really this, this field test. Was there anything else you, you, you touched on in your paper?
1: Um, so the other thing that we kind of talked about was just kind of building a relationship with your users. Our users are very busy, um, especially since 9-11. They're out, you know, supporting missions quite frequently. And so it's really hard to get feedback from our users. So basically... Um, you know, we did some things that enabled us to become better partners with them. And then we also obtained a sort of a champion of the mobile field kit. And so they um, agreed to, that's my dad calling. Oh, no, they phone agreed, calls. <laughs> they agreed <laughs> to coming out like once a year. So all the civil support teams uh, come to S- uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and we get together and we talk about the
0: application. Well, I think one of the key things you did mention in the paper, which I just think it was so awesome, was that People ask, you know, if you're in product management, you know, what is the value that like a customer focus group can provide? And and I know one thing that's in your paper is it did talk about how the customers came together and as they shared different stories about how they were using the product. Yeah, they learned from each other. Yeah. And at that point, guess what? If you're a customer, you get additional value from that product without the need to write any other software. So again, you did an awesome job. So I want to look, I'm clapping. Thank you, I Jason. Think, I think this is like the first time we've ever had applause on this Agile Life. So. <laughs> okay, so Melanie did a great job. And again, the, the experience report is online. You can download the paper and the presentation from the Agile Alliance website. So we will put that in the show notes. So, okay, so enough about that. Something else. It was a whole day here. What else did we talk about today? We have a new person who has yeah, joined hello. us. Who is Char- this new person? Charlie
3: am going to be happy to, to uh, volunteer a couple items here. Today was a great day for testing. In fact, if you were to look at the agenda, uh, wow, it, was, uh, it wasn't saturated, but definitely a lot of, of interest <laughs> there. You had uh, Elizabeth uh, Hendrickson. Uh, I didn't get a chance to sit on, but she was recognized as a stalwart, and I think she's known quite a bit as, as a tester. I don't know if you guys know her or yeah. not. I did actually get to sit in on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Janet uh, Gregory and Lisa Crispin uh, session. That. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, got I to went to their on that. their session yesterday, but I'd love to hear what they were talking about. Well, today. I mean, it, it, generally speaking, you know, they're just covering the major parts of the book. It was really looking at uh, testing uh, enterprise wide and just really hearkening to the importance of of uh, testing, integrated testing, uh, 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 automated testing, and really that's kind of in the journey that we are in our. Our uh, uh, agile journey, if you will, and, uh, well, and
0: and Charles, I'm curious. So, so you're this is a person who is a listener who has joined us because we tweeted yes, it out, yeah, and just came up to join us in the deserted open jam area. <laughs> After the party, it's 9 o'clock at night. But what's your role? Like, what do you do? Like, just to set context for our listeners. Yeah, no, so I'm a process owner.
3: I mean, are we allowed to mention company names, or is that just... No, n- n- if
0: you so. are, as long as that's okay with your company's policy. So we'll leave it at that. I- I'll,
3: I'll, I'll leave that out then. Okay, then fine. <laughs> that's
0: fine. That's <laughs> fine.
3: But uh, we've been on a, a, our journey for about a year and a half now. And okay. so Okay. Yeah.
0: And you are in, you are internal to the company. I am. But that's good. Well, because that makes a difference, because if you're a coach and you're external, there's a different viewpoint no. than if you're internal. No, so, no. so tell us more.
3: Yeah. No. So, uh, about today, or just in general?
0: Well, just, just about like what you learned. I was just curious to, for listeners that may wonder who they're listening to talking.
3: So. Yeah, I, I'll tell you one thing that I found interesting, and it wasn't uh, from today's session. It was, um, what is it uh, Mike uh, Kotz uh, uh, Have you guys heard of Mike Kotzmeier? No. In his session. No. So We're he. Just down. Interestingly, so when it comes to scaling and, and uh, you know, the gravitational pull of, you know, how, how are we, you know, do you have to subscribe to a particular method, whether it be, you know, safe or dad or less or whatnot? And and so Mike actually, I introduced uh, a concept of uh, it has, uh, you know, quadrants and it allows uh, uh, senior leadership to basically understand where they are in these quadrants and then allow a stepping stone or progression path. And that seems to be different and it had appealed to me because, a lot of methods you have to just you know take the red pill or you know sink or swim, flying leap, and you've got to get all in or you're not in at all. And this was very appealing to me because it allowed us a stepping stone on-ramp, if you will, to, to where you want to be. It doesn't presume that you need to be all in or all out, but uh, allowed a, a, a gradiated approach to uh, an on-ramp for that. Are you considering scaling? Uh, our concern is not so much for scaling. and We don't really have this large backlog that everyone needs to align to. We would prefer to, to build rather... Or we'd, <laughs> And so if you ask. We prefer to buy and then integrate. Uh, we do have to build a little bit, but uh, our I think our bigger need is is on just managing, uh, uh, you know, release planning. You know, let's let's not set a, an annual budget. Let's let's budget maybe you know quarterly basis. Yes. And allow us to true up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does that, is that does that mean I need to be safe? Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah. and I can do release planning uh, quarterly and. If that makes me safe, or that makes me less I don't really know. Well, what, it makes me better, I'll tell you that.
0: What I love you're talking about Charles is you're talking <laughs> about one of the I, I, this is a theme I've just it's come up all the time that you know kind of my background where I you know, what are the key things that are impediments to adopting agile? Things like human resources and or accounting and budgeting. Yes. And really for the community to for the community to move forward, we need to do something to address those problems. So I appreciate that you're saying you're you're adjusting your budgetary cycle yeah. to be shorter. Right. because it needs yeah. to be shorter because that drives accountability and it drives shorter cycles.
3: Yeah, And so I think, I think companies are looking for big animal picture sort of processes that would allow us to easily migrate into something, and it gives a progressive sort of a way as opposed to a, you know, this, this very, it's, it's a heavy cost it's, or it's a very disruptive method. And so uh, for companies that are, are less risk, or, or I guess risk-averse, I should say, you know, we need an easier way to go into that model. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. Totally. Totally, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so who's got another session? Anyone else? You
1: want to talk about Esther?
0: I would love to talk about did Esther. Did you guys go to Esther together? We
1: Well, not together, but we happened to both be there.
2: We happened to both be there, yeah. Oh, okay, so,
0: what, so did, what did Esther share? So it
2: was Coaching Flow with uh, Esther Derby and Mike, Mike Lowry. Lowry. Uh, my first introduction. Uh, so I've read Esther before, but at this conference, I just want to say that it's been um, uh, she's been an amazing presence and uh it it uh, i have become more of a fan, but she talked about coaching flow and and it may be ambiguous. But what I took away from it is what she talked about influence mapping and where analyzing your influence within uh, your realm and and mapping that out between the uh, the the center of that influence, whether it be a team or a product, and then mapping to it all those other people that are part of the influence stream maybe to that
1: and she told us that she asked us to give to give traits yes to give traits to all those people which is something i thought that was really interesting
2: and and to also um uh evaluate the uh level of the influence between the nodes on your map is it a is it a strong uh Influence is it a, is it a weak is it a weak influence is it a, is it a you know and then and then the then she went into talking about power yeah and how that's the cool. different levels of power affect those people in their in the in that node whether it's legitimate power coercive. whether it's coercive power yeah. um, and and personally so far this conference that's been the best tool I think that I'm going to be <laughs> taking back uh, is is influence mapping because I've always struggled with. Where do I put my energy? Where is my energy valuable in coaching? And do I really need to spread myself all throughout? Or is this, is there areas where I
1: have influence? Well, all right. So the other thing, too, though, I think that kind of goes along with that is, so she kind of talked about how you perceive this person, I'll say. And so you might say that they're coercive. And then she tells you to try to think of another word that's a little bit more neutral, and I, mm. I don't remember exactly the example that she gave, but I thought that was kind of interesting because it kind of puts the person in a little bit different perspective and maybe gives you a little bit better relationship.
3: Right. What yep. did you guys think of the keynote today? Jesse? did you? She
1: uh, was uh, awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: On, yeah, it uh, was
1: fun.
3: Collaboration, improv, improvisation.
2: I think that uh, just knowing uh, my boss and who I'm working for now and uh, the energy that, that she has and uh, also the energy from uh, Jason and asynchrony. I can see uh, improv playing a, a big role in, in, in what we're doing in, well, over the next
0: few. Well, months. and so real life. If you were not at the conference, and if but if you have listened to prior episodes of of this Agile Life. So she she has a book out called, called Control Shift, and it's like fifty games for fifty freaking days, like today. Although she didn't use the word freaking. Okay? Yeah. So, well, you guys know I got kids. Right. So, so, but what's funny is at the Agile Games Conference, when John and Amos and myself were there, we talked to Wade Stallman, who is from St. Louis, and so he has a very similar concept out where he's got fifty improv games for teams now. I did look at her book, and I did look at Wade's games, this guy Wade Stallman. They're a little different, so I would definitely say if you were at Agile 2015 and you went to Jesse's Talk and you liked it, um, I will make sure we put a plug for Wade Stallman stuff. He's got a website, it's called uh, teamfirstdevelopment.com, and we've, we've plugged it in the past at our, Agile, at our Agile Games episode, but this idea of improv and just having fun at work is awesome, and I know like the, the company that Melanie, Melanie and I work for like Wade came over and did the workshop with us before the Agile Games Conference. It was just a, it was a hoot. Mm-hmm. So, and what was unique about his workshop, his workshop is based upon working in small teams, and um, whereas Jesse's exercises, we worked kind of like one on one today. Like I know yeah. I worked with Melanie and she had a uh, fun stuff. And I know one of the things I got was this guy it was it was like Bob without a vision, which we I got a good laugh out of. Bob has no vision, so that's a. <laughs> That's an interesting statement. So, That's nice, yeah, that was nice a, a that yeah. was a metaphor. I think it was very
2: meta. And and yet again, seeing people come to Agile from so many different walks of life, mm-hmm. it, I'm just so impressed to see, you know, here's someone who was, uh, you know, said she dressed up as an orange at a Walmart, <laughs> was a first grade teacher, and found herself to Agile. We see developers come in. We see product people come in. We see program people come in and develop it. it's just amazing
0: so i will share i'm going to do an experiment tomorrow because so tomorrow i'm going to get up and go to lean coffee here at the conference and so this podcast well this will have occurred by the time this podcast posts so we'll talk about maybe tomorrow night is i'm going to try one of wade stallman's games at, at lean coffee because his games in particular are designed to be to be played in about three minutes or less so you can play them during like your stand-up or actually during lean coffee so we're going like, to try to do like, do like the ABC game and so see the, how that goes.
1: So the yes and. Yes I could, and. Yeah, yeah, it's like I could easily see that. No, and,
3: and then another uh, one on the same vein was uh, Agile Jesters, Magicians, and Clowns. And this was by Adam uh, uh, Weisberg. Oh, I, Oh, okay. And I went to that one. And, you know, for folks that are, are really trying to, to keep their retrospectives engaging and alive, you know, they, they, send, they can tend to be. You know, mundane routine. Uh, I, I appreciated all of the different drills that he had us go through. They were uh, quite entertaining, and it was huh. a packed room, and everyone just uh, really had a fun time. Yeah, there. I
0: think huh. I think the three of us were in the Luke Holman yes. stalwart session yeah. that was going on next it to sure that. It sure was. It sure was. And you we know, made, made quite a that. ruckus. You he told did. us the noise that that level, that level did. was. Yes, you, you did. He, yeah. Lo- yeah. he told us try and keep it down, but you know. So, so. let's talk about Luke Holman. Wants to say something about Luke Holman. Well, his uh, kids
1: like to go poop.
0: His kids like to go poop.
2: Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of game theory and and, and applying, applying games to learning. It's it's how we we, we grew up learning. We made games out of everything growing up. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's cleaning your room or doing your homework, we, we would most of us would turn those into games. And uh, hearing uh, Luke's enthusiasm, going back to the keynote, even about what Agile can bring uh, to uh, private sectors even um, it is inspiring. But uh, uh, he, him pulling no punches um, in his stalwarts, and by the way, every stalwart thing I've been to so far this week has been probably maybe the best uh, just hearing these people talk, but no. and,
0: if, and if you're not if you're listening, you're just you're wondering what this is. Um, if this is a session where there is no presentation. Basically, you go into the room, and the I guess the the expert or experts because they've mm-hmm. done a few where they've had two people. Yes. they're up on a stage, and basically you can go up and engage in a fishbowl style yeah, discussion with them. Fishbowl, yeah. Yeah, I wish they had been recording these because, like, the the oh. stuff that Luke said was awesome. I mean, yes. he was like, he was like, gamification is potty training for adults. I mean, <laughs> that was something I know I tweeted out, and, and I mean, he was on fire. So he was. It...
2: Someone someone fired him up earlier before we
0: got there. And really? Was... Is that what I? Is that what we missed? So I so I saw a tweet about
2: uh, the the no estimate idiots or something like that. <laughs> was was he was
0: he was. Uh, he was twisted tweeting that out, and or someone was tweeting that out. So that was really well. It's because we, we we got there late because Melanie gave her awesome experience report, and they were like, "Well, those are shorter." So we're like, "Well, what do you do? What do we do now?" So we went to Luke's session because mm-hmm. I said I wanted to see what Luke had to say. And again, I just have to give my appreciation because because Luke's been a, a personal advocate of mine, and I appreciate some guidance and insights he's given me about stuff. So Luke, thank you for everything. And of course, Melanie, you were the the uh, the prototype of let's try to use a game for performance reviews. And Melanie, to your credit, you said sure, let's try it and see what happens. And and Luke's um, uh, I know Luke's promoted that, and a few organizations I know have tried that. So, so we had fun in Luke's session. So, and sometimes it's Luke got loud too. He I felt did. like I was sitting there listening to myself talk sometimes. Well, you so, know, the, you know, the 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 uh,
2: catalyst for him saying gamification is potty training for adults was someone asking is when do I engage and that the fact that someone or teams or people have to be mature enough at some level before you start introducing these topics mm-hmm. you know you can't yeah. you know that he said that you know I can't teach my six-month-old how, how to how to go to the bathroom yeah uh, in so many words but you know that you have to bring some people up to some kind of level before you can
3: you know, kind of maybe dive into some of these uh, uh, deeper game exp- explorations. There was just too much going on in that same hour. Kenny Rubin was also giving a good speech. I couldn't go to that one. Really? It came from a dinner earlier, and the guy was like, I had six aha moments, and five of them were in that particular session with Kenny mm-hmm. Rubin.
0: Wow. Well, I'll mention that. We'll go look that one up. Yeah. So Cool. Well, here I got one. I went to a Doc List session today, and Doc, Doc always does great things. Um, so he did this thing called Movie Motivator. We could do this right here. It's a card game. So, and what it is, it's kind of evaluating which of these values is most important to you. So let's, Dan, you want to play? i love So let's to. play. So Dan, <laughs> we're going to do this round robin here. So, or basically I'm just going to give you a card deck. So status, yes. that's where we're going to start. So it says status, what does it say?
2: My position is good and I recognize, and, I, and recognized by the people who work with
0: me. So the question is, which of these values is more important to you? So that's status is where we'll start. So the next one is power. So read the card and tell us if that's more important or less important than status for you
2: as a person. So power is, there's enough room for me to influence what happens around me.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. so
2: power is more important.
0: So power, so what we're going to do is we we'll gonna put power in a little, that, in that we're gonna put it above We're going to put it above status here. Okay. We'll, we'll move it closer to the center of our table here. So um, how about acceptance? Acceptance is the people
2: around me approve of what I do and who I am. Uh, I would say that's not as important. Okay. How about honor? What's honor? Honor is my personal values are reflected in the group, and this
0: boosts my loyalty. Can I put this in between power and status? Yes, that's exactly the pattern. So what we got here, is if we for those that cannot see this because we're not doing video, so. Dan is ranked most important to him out of what we've pulled thus far is power, then honor, then status, then acceptance. So he's got it stacked top to bottom. So let's do a few more. So here's order.
2: Order is there are enough rules and policies for a stable environment. Um, I, 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 I put that below acceptance. So you don't like rules. I do not like rules. Dude, what's he's funny. a
0: rebel. He's a rebel. No. See, what's funny, I'll share like in the <laughs> workshop when I did this, like I was like, dude, order for me. No, yeah. no joke. Where do you think that was? Free. Really? Probably pretty well. Yeah, because I like process. You know me. Yeah, sure. I understand. So, so, anyways, we'll do a few more because that—that's this neat activity the Dr. So here's related I see policies and constraints. And so here's the next one is related- related, relatedness. 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 Yeah. I have
2: good social contacts with the people in and around my work. Um, I'm going to put that above power. That um, the 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 personal relationships and
0: team I'm on
2: are what's most important to me. Okay.
0: And of course as you're doing this, if you feel that any are about the same, you can put them side by side. Okay. So we got three more here. Let's let's play the deck out. So here's Curiosity.
2: Curiosity. I have plenty of things to investigate and to think about. Wow, I I, I that I like to stay busy
0: by that kind of those kind of things i would like to put that equal with power okay so power and curiosity so again at the top of you most important relatedness then power and curiosity then honor and a few other things so we got two more okay freedom freedom Freedom. Freedom.
2: (laughs) we're all singing i am independent of others with my own work and responsibilities
0: not important at all to me really interesting okay i want to be part of something not 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 working off. So you me. those okay so we've got two more then we'll run them down. So goal. What's goal?
2: Goal. My purpose in life is reflected in the work what I in the work that I do. Um, I am not what I do is not who I am. Um, I would put that on par with acceptance. Okay. And last but not least mastery. Mastery. My work challenges my competences but is still within my abilities. Yeah I I, I want to put that right at the top with relatedness because that's important
0: okay and not just because you read daniel pink's book right don't even know who that is <laughs> oh you don't know Dan? Okay, no, i know he who wrote wrote the book were... so yeah, i'll take a picture so yeah, well, this, yeah this ah okay well we'll take a picture with something else because my phone just died it's crap oh, no. i'm so glad someone gave me a battery charger down at the expo hall <laughs> but so what we just did is we did this um this new activity again it was called moving motivator from for, it was in doc lift session And so what Dan just did really quickly is he just took these dimensions and he kind of gave us a map of what his personality is like. For him, most important, things like relatedness, mastery, and then a little bit less important, power, curiosity, honor, status. And then again, less important, things like acceptance, having goals, having things in order, and then having things in freedom. That took us about four minutes. So what you can do is adopt this great session where you can do this card game like we just did with your team. And so everyone can either play, they pair kind of like you and I did, or we could actually do it as a whole team and then kind of show each other what we, you know, how we map out. How would that play out with the team? I, I, I definitely get the one-on-one, but how, how could we play that out as a team? Well, so the whole idea of Doc's session was about doing things to promote trust. And so, again, like I'll share, and actually, um, well, my phone died where the picture was because my mapping, like I had mastery really high, mm-hmm. um, but like, for, like I said before as we were going through this, like to me, order, like having things, having a process, yep. that's more important to me. You put it really low. Mm-hmm. And so what I appreciated about this game and what I appreciate about you is, again, you're different. You'd, again, I want everything to be all structured and processy, but for you, that's not as important. What this game did is it made that transparent so we can work together better now. We can start to build trust.
1: It's hard to take you seriously when your hat is on
0: software. Really? We're doing this That's serious stupid. game, and you're complaining that my version one well, hat. you say that you like process, and I don't know, I'm seeing like the hat. It's a hat. It's a version one hat. So, by the way, thank you, version one. Great hat here. Thank you for the champagne, too. Although, <laughs> I've taken your champagne glass, and I'm now drinking water out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so that was a game that Doc did. He did a few other games in the session, but... Again, Doc always does awesome things at these Agile conferences. So, how can we get this? Um This actually, he said, um, it is available in his session materials that we will post as part of our show notes. And I believe he said, and don't quote. I mean, I might be misspeak, misspoken here. I think this might be a you're pillow thing. I think this is part oh, of his workout.
2: This is is this is in workouts. That's yeah. Right. So this
0: is part of his management workout. So, but so, it, but it's a great idea. Again, you guys heard it right here live, or well, we're really not live, but. Dan and I went through this in about four minutes as a team. If you take the time with print these cards out, do this with your team, it will help you have a better team.
2: Would you would you
0: keep this
2: information up in a team area, um, you know, like a strength finders or something like that, so people are reminded of what others are.
0: About and what how their personalities are personal statement is I would do that based upon the safety of your environment. Sure. So if you're in a safe environment where the team is comfortable putting this up for everyone else in the organization yes. to see, I would say fine. Mm-hmm. But guess what? What's most important is the conversation and what these cards reveal. And again, Dan will take a picture because my phone has died, yep. and so we'll we will put that out in our show notes. Because guess what? We now imagine we had done this for everyone here on the podcast so tonight. We'd all have a kind of a picture of how we think. And if we're members of a team, that is what is most important, right? So at that point, if we use the the cards here to expose that and everyone understands it, guess what? I don't think we need to put them up on the wall. But mm-hmm. if you're comfortable putting them on the wall, it, what, yeah. it could be it could reinforce yeah. it. So, but the key thing there is safety. So. So I enjoyed that. Um, The other thing I'm just going to plug in, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, is um, myself and a few other colleagues. We basically sat down in a very small session with Troy McGinnis today uh, and in the afternoon in the Open Jam. So, again, for those listening, if you've never been to Open Jam, which is like open space where people just show up and talk about stuff, we had this awesome conversation, and, and Troy showed us some very simple ways using Dice to teach the mathematical models that support Monte Carlo forecasting and really how this whole idea of, you know, if, you, if you're if you really interested in shifting away from doing estimates, how to do that. A, a colleague of ours was really, he went to the session saying, I want to learn how to really learn how to convince my boss that we don't need to do estimates anymore. And Again, Troy talked about, and he, what's great, and we'll put this in the show notes, all of his materials are available for download free of charge from, his, from, a, from a website. So I've got the sheets here, but they basically explain how to do these dice exercise. You might need to go on Amazon and buy the, the special dice, because he uses a 10-sided die, which is a special thing. But then literally, you can see right here, I mean, check this out, damn. Because people say, and one thing that Troy McGinnis talks about. I have
2: plenty of 10-sided dice, by the way. <laughs> well,
0: oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so, But one thing that Troy McGinnis talks about is that this whole idea that with stories, the cycle time of a story normalizes after about 12 data points. And so if you look at this trailer, what, what he has you do in this, this game is you start rolling a die at random, and you see that down here, by the time you get to like 12 to like 14 rolls, look at the probability here. It's like already up to 90%. Wow. So this is really demonstrating the mathematical theories that support Monte Carlo forecasting as a way to shift away from estimates. So, um, and then also this is different because this is intentionally designed to teach people that this is based upon really probability and it's not based upon averages. And There's a big difference there. There's a. That's
2: interesting that you can get that data that fast. You, in uh-huh. descriptive st- statistics, we usually say, "Oh, anything less than 30, you're not even. It's not even worth measuring." You know, that's.
0: Yeah. So well anything amazing. We're talking today must have been an awesome day. Oh look, Mel, Melody Melanie wants to look at the clock on the recorder there. It's at thirty-three minutes. Say what time it is. So anything else? I mean what do you guys guys anything else? Plugs today? Anything. That's it? That's it? We yeah. blew it I out. You won a book by David Anderson. You want a book by David Anderson? That I didn't get. You didn't get. <laughs> they did. I went to the booth the and
2: I won. they said you didn't have
0: it. And I want a TV. That again, I'm go. I'm so happy to give that over to Melanie there. Thank and um, Melanie, what's what are you gonna watch on that television?
1: Oh boy, maybe you're not gonna like this answer.
2: I, how would I not? It's oh, do your, tell it's, us. It's your answer.
1: Well, so I I messaged out to my kids. Hey, I think that there's a guy who's gonna give me his TV that he won. And did you do that before I did that? No. It was after <laughs> that. I didn't know you were going to do that. And my 13-year-old son said, dibs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, maybe
2: some video games will
0: get played on (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, everyone, thank you for joining us. This was a crazy episode tonight. I think this might be the craziest episode of The Saddle Life. The only thing that would have made it more crazy is what, Dan? Um... Okay, they you have, have a listen. What, what would have made this more crazy, Charles?
3: I would say if John Sexton started walking down the hall, maybe.
0: That would have been funny. No, it would have been <laughs> if Amos was here cuz I'm sure Amos would have been there on you fire. Go. There so, you go, yeah. um hey, I got one last thing I want to plug just cuz it's so funny. Um and I crap, I don't know the name of the vendor, but I'll put it in the show notes. So the best thing I saw in the exhibit hall this year, and this is a real-life problem for a lot of people, and I just want to give some appreciation because this is true innovation in place. So there's a little company that's selling, that was selling a Jira plugin in the expo hall here, and it lets you use Jira to do planning. Then you can print out cards from Jira that have a QR code on them. Do you have it? What is it called? this is it. No, that's no, not, not it. No, it's not that. It. Okay. It's okay. not it's, that. It's like a, it's a startup. No, it's not them either. So, um, and I took, they didn't have, again, proof their startup, they didn't have any materials. So I took a picture and my phone battery died. So we'll put this in the show notes when I plug my phone in. But here's what this does. This is awesome, guys. This is innovation real life. You use Jira. You put your stories in. You print out your cards. You can put them on a physical wall and they have QR codes. And they are, I think to my knowledge, the first people that have solved the problem that from a distance you take one picture with your phone of that card wall and it can see all the different QR codes like from a distance and it will automatically update JIRA. Wow. So if you want to like, something I recommend is that Teams... Use some like use a physical command board, yeah. but then of course we all want metrics out of Jira right. or whatever tool. Right. These guys solve that problem. It is a Jira plugin that you can buy, and it's freaking awesome. I think
2: that that's really cool. But one of the one thing that that's kind of uh, uh, built into Jira, and if you're uh, depending on your your what you're using as your your repository, is you can do that in commits in your commit messages. You can you
0: can move, you can move, you can change the status of the story through a, through a commitment. You can, you can do that, I agree, but the, to me, I like this idea, and so Dan, is a new member of our family, the, yes. the company that Melanie and I work for, so you're now a new member of that, mm-hmm. um, you will learn in your Agile training that you will receive in a few weeks, the psychological difference of playing cards. Oh, so, no, we, yeah. There's something about physically pulling a card on the wall. It's like taking ownership of it. So, Mm -hmm. again, I just think it's awesome that someone finally sat down and solved this problem because it's like all of us coaches that will say, I want you to use a physical card wall to learn how to do Kanban but then you want You're the good. data. Yeah. These guys saw the product, and it was a, it was an awesome product. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes. Check that out. It, again, it was my favorite thing I saw in the whole expo hall. It was the best thing in the entire expo hall. So anyways, so thank you for listening. Um, if you guys got feedback for us, tell us if you were crazy tonight. We'd love to know that because I think we were, right? Thumbs up on the craziness. I have my thumb up Thumb up Okay all the thumbs Are up on the craziness So check out the show notes For all the, the links To all these talks Including the cards That Dan and I went through And of course We appreciate your feedback So send us a note Or a tweet If you've got anything But guess what Keep living This Agile Life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.